0: Hey, we're back. This is Jonathan Katz, the guy who likes to say, Hey, we're back. I don't get it either. Today's special guest is comedian, actor, and blacksmith, John Doerr. But even before we get to John, I'm going to try to get in touch with an old girlfriend who grew up in New Haven, Connecticut.
1: What city and state?
2: In New Haven, Connecticut.
1: What listing?
2: Harriet Mceldermie, thank you. Hi operator, how are you?
3: What is it again?
2: Uh, McEl what? How are you spelling? Uh, McEl M A C K. I haven't. I might have to write it out. Can, I was about to ask you if you have a pen. Like that would do me some good. McEl uh, the first name is Harriet. The last name is Mceldermie.
0: One uh, more, advisor, please.
2: Director Assistant Supervisor, may I help you? Oh, hi, how are you? Just fine, how can I help you, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm good, I'm looking for a, um, for an old friend named Harriet McEldermy She lives in, in uh, New Haven, Connecticut
3: What was the last name?
2: M- McEldermy That was her best feature, was her name, McEldermy You know how to spell it? <laughs> McEldermy, I think it's, it's spelled almost exactly like it sounds McEldermy I tried m c and i tried m a c hey, you you know what sounds crazy and, and and this is you probably get this a lot, but you sound so much like my first girlfriend your your voice you, is that you a compliment or on <laughs> well it 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 is because I haven't stopped thinking about her for twenty years um you didn't grow up in the New York city area yeah no. no i have tried m c just the way
0: A-M-C-E-M-C-I-M-A-Z. you know, the just, just the way
2: you said. I have tried. She used to say that. Do, do me a favor. Can you can you just say, I miss you. No. Okay. We have people listening to us. Oh. oh okay. Okay. I, that, I tried that, the M A C M I and just M C and <laughs> each vowel after that to try to make it Mac-O-Dermy. but nothing is coming up. So she may have it non-published. I don't blame her. Would you publish a name like that? Hmm. All depends. This is what you used to say to me every night for fifteen years. I miss you, and I mean it. There's no no way you could say that. Just no. sorry. That's a that's okay. You know, I you know it's a very it's a very weird world. The world between the line between telephone information and life. You walk a very fine line. Can you look for up another number for me? Yeah. In New Haven, the I miss you store. <laughs> it's a bookstore, used to hang out at. Sorry, nothing listed for the I Miss You store. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome.
0: So it turns out that I, I was speaking to a very sweet woman who came through for me. She told me what I wanted to hear. And now you're joining me in conversation with the great John Dora.
1: Well, now I spend my time uh, in Juneau, Alaska, because uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic. I used to say middle of a pandemic, but I would assume I knew when it was going to end. So now I say midst, we're in the midst of a pandemic. So, uh, and with a, a child on the way. Um, yeah, I'm hunkered down in a house in North Douglas, The housing market in Juneau, Alaska is difficult. We had to move out the road in uh, North Douglas. And it's very much like The Shining at the moment. We're surrounded by snow, isolated, uh, steep driveway, hard to get out. Some days you can't. So it's myself and my girlfriend and her daughter from a previous relationship uh, just staring out the window at the snow. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I was on the road
0: before Dr. Katz for 15 years as a stand up comedian. And my day revolved around going to the mall and then coming back to my room and looking for tumors. Um, because what's a guy going to do alone in a hotel?:
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's also very smart. Yeah, not enough people take the time to, to look for tumors, and you know, the best I mean, early detection is the best way yes to avoid cancer um yeah
0: oh i wasn't even thinking of cancer jesus I, um, no, I i it took a dark turn but yeah yeah hey what's what's your favorite part of this pandemic
1: how it brings us together um i like the germs as well you know i mean i like uh yeah I the thing i like about the pandemic is it reminds me of what we took for granted prior to the pandemic that uh, might sound cliche, Right. like a lot of people have this thought, but prior to the pandemic, I mean, we never worried about germs. We used to like we used to go into a grocery store and we 'd grab a shopping cart, and we 'd feel like that warm, freshly used handle, and we loved it. We used to love that. Um, we'd feel the heat emanating off the handlebar of the shopping cart, and um, sometimes it'd be a little sweaty. I think we all enjoyed that because it connected us with the rest of society. We weren't thinking of germs; we were just thinking of the story of the person that used the previous test. Maybe it was a single mother looking for formula and diapers, or you know, an office employee looking for creamers and filters for the break room. And and who knows? Like your mind, that heat emanating through your body into your mind would. You'd think of, you'd go further with it. You'd think maybe that office employee worked for a non organization, you know, and maybe that nonprofit helped remove landmines from Cambodian fields so that families could get to the well to bring water back to the village so that the, the village could stay hydrated, you know. But I think all those fun thoughts are gone now. I mean, I'm not even comfortable walking through a city park and picking up a syringe I find on the ground anymore without people... Screaming like, Oh, that really? might have the coronavirus on it. And whereas, you know, I remember I remember living a life of freedom. I mean, I I I'm not even comfortable going into an airport bathroom stall and picking up a stranger's coffee they left behind on top of the toilet paper dispenser and taking a swig out mm-hmm. of it. Because I think people might if there's yeah. anyone looking, they might say, Oh, that's gross. Um well it didn't it wasn't always. Um I don't even know if we'll ever sit on public transportation again, the city bus, and feel and truly enjoy the warm nasal mist of a stranger sneezing into our mouth. I, I, that might be gone entirely. So, yeah, forever. If anything, yeah, forever. So, if anything, I think the pandemic really reinforces how we used to live our lives.
0: John, I hope I'm not out of line here, but uh, do you yourself do any impressions?
1: No, that's a great question. Well, well, well. Number one, I th- I think it is a strength of mine. I'm an I'm an observer of the world and society. Right. Um, right. I do impressions. I do an impression of myself, which is pretty darn good. Um, I, de- I here's an impression I I did. This was an audition that I did in Hollywood. I occasionally get the opportunity to audition for some pretty right. big movies. Um, I got very lucky, but I ruined this audition in the moment. Um, it was a blockbuster film, and uh, there's the impression of me doing the worst audition I've ever done. Um, the name is Bond, James Earl Jones, and instantly I was asked to leave. <laughs> oh, my God, that is funny. Um, so that's that's a uh, an impression of me. Um, I used to do an impression of uh, cat owners, but I don't do that anymore.
0: Do you do any odd impressions of Adolf Hitler? No, too direct.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can get there. But I don't know if I can get to what you're talking about. But uh, I do. uh, I used to do an impression of uh, cat owners, um, but I don't. They're a very sensitive bunch, I've learned, um, because I mean, I I genuinely I use when I'd see a missing cat poster on a telephone is that right a missing cat poster or a poster a poster of a missing cat i guess yeah there was a missing yeah someone did wasn't missing their poster of a cat it wasn't a missing cat poster (laughs) it was a or maybe it was i don't know um but i'm pretty sure it's possible (laughs) yeah i guess you could come home and say oh where's our cat poster wasn't it was right above the couch before we left we just went to the store and back it's missing We've been burglarized. Hope we have a picture of that poster because we have to make a poster of the missing cat. But what I'm trying to say is there was a, and then, let me say this, right? There was a, I, when, I, whenever I would see a poster on a telephone pole announcing that a cat was missing, that's the best way to put it. Because if I say missing cat poster, it might imply that there's a poster gone missing, but it's a cat that has gone missing. Someone made a poster to make that announcement. There we go. Um, I used to be happy for the cat. I'd always be happy for the cat, because I'd think, well, that's freedom for the first time in their life. That cat now enjoys freedom. Yep. It's good for you. I don't even think I'd return the cat if I found it. Um, because if you know people who own cats, and maybe you do, I don't know. Um, I don't know that much about you yet, but I um, I, they, I find them to be tyrants. Um, they are um, dictators. Uh, if you've ever yeah. gone over to someone's house who owns a cat, anyway, if you just open the door, you usually hear usually hear your friend inside screaming, shut the door. Don't let the cat out. The cat, my cat will never feel the breeze against its viscous. Um, I'm not great with accents, but that's a spot on Pol Pot, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just find that... Uh, Cat owners are these diabolical, controlling fascists. Well, John, you're,
0: you may be reluctant to talk about it, but you're about to face an incredible stage of your life as a, the father of a, of a baby. You, you uh, will get to witness the birth of your own child, which is a pretty amazing thing. How do you feel about that?
1: I'm mostly paralyzed. I'm paralyzed with fear when it comes to, you know, anything and everything that's going to happen. Everything I hear from people is it's going to, you're not going to sleep for the next little while. It's terrifying. I don't like, I don't need to hear any of it from anyone, to be honest. I've read the books. I know what's going on and it's terrifying. My wife and I were so sleep deprived
0: after the first few weeks that one, and, and, the baby makes this little pre-waking-up sound, and we would take turns getting up with our daughter. And my, <clears throat> I heard that we both heard the sound. My wife gave me an elbow, and she said, sweetie, loyal the baby. And I said, what does that mean? The what the baby? She said, oh, yeah. loyal the baby. And I said, what does that mean? And mm. she said, don't worry about the word. Just do it.
1: that's great yeah yeah I can't wait to get to that place that's great that's very funny I don't want to get to that place by the way when words don't matter just know what I mean and do it yikes I think we're there now possibly I realize
0: in, in retrospect that I may have just done that very thing That John asked me not to do. He didn't want to hear that story. I started college in 1965. A school called Goddard College. And this was a school where you could actually get credit for taking drugs. But, I'm exaggerating, but not so far off. You could design your own curriculum. You called your teachers by their first names. It was very... It was a progressive school, and I made friends for life there. And one of them was a woman named Valerie Villardi, with whom I developed an intimate relationship, and we remained friends for life. Years later, Valerie married Robin Williams, and we became parents together. My wife and I had a daughter named Julia, and they had a son named Zach, and um, the one thing I can say about Robin and comedy is that the biggest response I've ever gotten from an audience was at Catch a Rising Star in New York City when I said, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Robin Williams. I almost got blown off the stage. When he started working on his first album, Reality, What a Concept, he wanted to, do, Valerie suggested that he do a couple of my songs on his album, so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the late, great Robin Williams.
3: Hey, Lord of mercy here. This old shitty wine here. Sometimes I drink tequila with liquid wrench chasers. But I'm so happy to be here right now I can drop a log, really, thank you. And I'm than a hawk's ass in a power dive. So we're going to do some good old music for you right now. Got some good old boys backstage. Bella, Bob Joe Gene, Mayor John, come on in here now. Park that big thing and get in here. We got Rick and Ruby, they're gonna come back out here and sing with me right now. Miss Rubella! Righteous Rico! Captain Raul. God bless you, righteous one. Miss Rubella, ain't she so damn pretty? I'd walk ten miles of snow just to stand in her garbage, no lie. She's looking bitchin tonight, boy. Must be cream. Milk don't flow like that. So here we go. Ready now? I'm gonna sing you some good old songs. Thank you, Lola. Oh, Lola's up there. That's Mary John. That's my family up there. The result of severe inbreeding. <laughs> We're gonna have a good old time tonight. But you know, normally I'd be. Thank you. Normally I'd be a lot happier. Besides the National Enquirer. Oop, have a little tuning problem there. It's okay though. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen? I was born in the ghettos of a little town called Tiburon, California I was 16 before I had my first condominium and I had to work all winter long just to go to Europe cause you know I was born to be punished born to be hurt to be stepped on treated like dirt my love for you Girl, it won't quit, even though I know everything you touch turns to shame on you, girl. Treating me so, most of the fillers were just up and low. But my love for you, girl, it won't quit, even though I know. I've got to say hey, hey, yeah. Some more song there, bongs out, bungalow. She must have been eating now, and I have been now dead on day. Song there, bongal, some muta mukoka bungi, baya, some My love for you, girl, it won't quit. Even though I know everything you touch turns to Sure enough telling the truth We have a special guest playing with us right now, Mr. John Sebastian You know, performing is a drug and you've been an OD Hold on here. We're going to sing a little song dedicated to the National Enquirer. My favorite magazine. You know you've really made it when you see a picture next to a chihuahua in a cup. Well, woo. Oh, yeah. we're going to have some fun now. <laughs> but first, we're collecting... We're ready now, a little country western song now dedicated to Miss V, who's returning home tomorrow to repair some old fences. Thank you, Tom. <clears throat> he was there, and now someone's dubbing him in. Yeah. We're ready now, darling, because this is for you, Miss Val. This heart is closed. management extends apologies I'm sorry if I've inconvenienced you I'll make it right before I'm through but for a little while just bear with me this heart is closed So please excuse the rubble and debris You soon will see a few revisions Cause I've reached those hard decisions I think we'll make a new man out of me Take it, Uncle Jake. You no know, darling, his heart is shut tight. For alterations it is. And the management, well, they're sorry as, as they can be. You know I'd love to spend some time with you. I'll call you in a week or two when I get old. Changes made in me. This heart is closed. This heart is closed for alterations. This heart is closed. This heart is closed for
1: alterations.
3: This heart is closed, darling. This heart is closed. For alterations. This heart is closed alteration
0: Hey, today we heard the voices of, of the late, great Robin Williams, the amazing John Dore, an incredibly sweet telephone operator Today's episode was produced by Dana Friedman, edited and mastered by Bryce Kanzer. Today we heard music by Mike Shapiro, Billy Novick and Guy Van Duser. Accompanying Robin Williams, we heard Josh Brody, Monica Carroll, and Brian Seff. I'm Jonathan Katz. Thank you so much for listening.